Hi there everyone, it's Chris here from Hex. Welcome to the show. As always, this podcast is made for you, our members, the Hex community, and anyone else who's interested in getting stronger, both mentally and physically. If you like the Hex podcast, there are two things we would really like you to do for us. Firstly, subscribe to the show by hitting the follow button. We want the Hex community to stay connected and be part of the conversation here at 371 Clapham Road and listening to the show will help so much in ensuring you're all up to date with news, events and stuff happening. Secondly please share it on Instagram WhatsApp, LinkedIn, wherever so that Friends of Hex can also get to be a small part of our awesome community. Thanks so much everyone for your ongoing support. Welcome to the Hex Podcast Hi guys, welcome to the Hex Podcast. It is season three, episode five. I'm here with Hex member Luke and Chris, obviously. Um, so Hex member Luke, you are a marathon runner, a triathlete and a enthusiastic strength training athlete here at Hex. Yep. Um, so firstly, me and Chris want to congratulate you on your huge two hour and 48 minute uh, Barcelona marathon time. Thank you very well much. Thank Amazing. you. That when you did that, um, I looked at it and I then literally went and googled Barcelona <laughs> marathon to see if there's a half marathon because I, I was like is. how the, there's always a half marathon when there's a yeah, marathon I think it's the but I was before. like how did he do it that fast he must he must have been doing a half marathon and then <laughs> and then when we did the London triathlon and um I saw your time for that I remember texting Phil and saying um, oh, I've beaten Luke <laughs> and I'm like 15 years older than him and getting a bit of a round of applause for that and then and then it's come to light today that of course it was a marathon that you did at Barcelona and you did it at such an amazing time but also that your um, the triathlon that you were doing the same one as me but you were doing the the, what was it? The Olympic the Plus. Olympic. So, yeah, <laughs> so you were doing a longer distance. 80k on the bike distance. rather than 40k. Yeah. So I apologise 80k bike. Yeah. How little faith I have. <laughs> I mean, I knew you were fast. but um, And then and then I think the, the thing that started making it click that you are really fast was the, you did, didn't you just win a park run? Did you win a park run or something? A few weeks ago, yeah. yeah. What was your time, distance and time for that? Uh, 17.30 for that one, but it was a really muddy course. Yeah. Um, it was. It's hard to win the park runs in London because they're so. So your track, busy. your track PB is on. Sorry, your five k PB is on track. No, no, the five k PB is in Battersea Park, which is actually oh, wow. kind of like a track because oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. flat. Um, but you'd be quicker if you did it on the track, wouldn't you? Yeah, Would you? yeah. yeah. Uh, to be to be honest, I've not actually given it a go in the last few months, like a well, full out. Um, yeah, five k on the track. So yeah, I'd be interested to see what what, time what kind of takeaways do you um, do you have from your Barcelona marathon? Um, main one is just about pacing. Yeah. I set off pretty quickly. You're full of adrenaline at the start line and then you, you know, that first kilometre you always run quite quickly and then you're trying to settle into a rhythm. Set on your watch, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Garmin's, my Garmin watch that wears okay. kind of got like a race predictor time, what time okay, it expects nice. me to finish. Um, but so yeah, it tells you what your heart rate should be at a certain time. So if you're going too quick, your heart rate's too high, you need to slow it down. Yeah, and it'll, yeah, exactly. And it'll tell you what your cadence is and what your current pace is. Um, yeah. But I, I got in with quite strong groups. It's similar yeah. to cycling, whereby you want to kind of run behind yeah. someone in their slipstream yeah. and, and conserve your energy. And I got in with a really strong pack 
tried to stay with them for as, as long as I could, but mm. they were probably running a little bit quicker than um, what my target time was. So I did a half marathon in um, one hour 17, um, nice. which was a PB. And at that stage, I thought I might be on for sub 240, um, but it got to about 21K in, and then I got dropped by that pack. Okay. And then there was a lot of lonely kilometers that followed after that. So <coughs> why do you think you dropped off? Was it the heat? Was it dehydration? Or was it just gone off too quick at the start? I think a bit of everything. Really? Yeah, yeah. The sun came out after about 20K. Because it started it off quite cloudy. It was about 10 degrees. Um, and it was quite a nice temperature to run in. And then it got to 17, 18 degrees, which doesn't sound a lot. But yeah. when you've been training in the London winter, all of a sudden yeah. to be hit with... Did you have much uh, headwind there as well? wasn't too windy no no it was just um it was just quite hot yeah. and very different to what i'd been training in um so uh yeah i wilted a little bit in the sun and my second half wasn't as strong but i had enough in the bank to um to still come on in under 250 which was my goal time so barcelona has got a good one to get your record because it's quite flat is that right it's it? relatively flat yeah it's not as flat as i was expecting okay. I'd, I'd read that it was a really good pb course yeah um and i think it is but there's still a bit of undulation have you done it before that one no okay no, no. so that's is that your fastest time on any marathon that's my first marathon oh, okay. first, first, marathon. first oh, wow. full marathon that i've yeah that i've done so um yeah i wanted to do sub three thirty two okay a lot, of, a lot of years in you yeah so i wanted to wanted to do sub three and um if you do uh, a particularly good time for your age yeah. category, then you can qualify for other big marathons. So that time hopefully should get me a good for age place at um, the Boston Marathon, which nice. is oh, one nice. of the ones that everyone wants yeah, to qualify yeah. for. So when did you start like running kind of competitively or really a high level? Uh, probably like most people, um, I started to take it more seriously after COVID. Um, so I'd always played sport growing up. Recently then? Relatively recently, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I've always been into running. I played a lot of sport, football and cricket, um, all through my teens and in my 20s. And then um, been into cycling for the last oh. seven or eight years and always been into running, but not necessarily taking it too seriously. It's only really in the last 18 months, two years, that I've really focused on what pace I'm running at, what my times are, and getting quite competitive about it. And then when we went into the first lockdown and running and cycling were kind of the only things that you could mm. do outside, I started to get really into it at that point. Yeah. And that's when, um, when we started to come out of lockdown, I started to enter races, half marathons, 5Ks, 10Ks. And then I knew that this year I wanted to do a marathon and also start to take my triathlon um, to the next level. So I've done a few triathlon races in the past and duathlons, um, but I wanted to do an Ironman, so that's mm. kind of what I'm working oh, wow. towards in October. That's sort of the A race for this year. So everything's really working towards working towards that. So what, what do you say your, your favorite bit about a triathlon is? Uh, I would have always said cycling. Yeah. Swimming's my least strong, but I think that's not unusual. I think most people yeah. um, who are triathletes would say swimming's their least, mm. uh, least strong. Historically, I would have always said cycling's my favorite, but actually in the last six to 12 months I've got so much into my running that I'd say yeah. that's actually my favorite bit and probably my my strongest um, my strongest suit there. Is that where you'd say people wouldn't lose or don't make their times is it on the running or? I think still probably on the bike, <coughs> okay, the bike. just because that's the longest yeah. uh, amount of time okay. that you spend out of three disciplines and um, so yeah I've been trying to find ways to bring my cycling mm. times down so I've just 
bought actually a time trial bike. Wow, so nice. um, yeah, I've got a proper TT bike with the aero balls, which How much was that? A lot. <laughs> a lot, no comment. <laughs> a lot of money, yeah. Um, yeah, TT bikes are expensive. Do you want to hear a funny thing? Go on. When Chris was, <laughs> Chris was doing his triathlon, he was going to cycle on that bike out there. And then I lent him my road bike. I saw my mountain bike. Road bike, yeah. Oh, I remember, yeah I he was going to try and do it with that, and I was like, you can't cycle on that. How heavy is that? Yeah, but also, you get you lent me your road bike, or yeah. it's called Racer, but um, it was stuck in one gear. And I said, mm. any, I said, how do I change gears? And you were like, no, you just need to keep it in that gear because it get, gets gears all wrong. So I did it all in one gear. Uh, really? Yeah. In August? No, no, I think yeah, I think because on the road bikes in London, there's like obviously two, but because <laughs> it's not really that heavy, you only need one side. You don't need to go, is it the, is it the front is a big cog, a small cog. He's probably more yeah. technical than that. Yeah, yeah. I need to keep it on one, and then you change the back ones. That's what I meant. Okay. Uh, well, can I you change the other one? one gear. Okay. Is that, yeah. well, I hope it was a good gear. I was, I mean, I, I, well, I quite like the, the, I quite enjoyed the cycle actually, and it was the first time that I've done a long cycle. Well, actually, I've done two. I did one with with when I did it with my corporate life. We had a we had a um, hundred mile bike ride in the um, what's it called the um, London Town Surrey Box um, Hill Box Hill yeah, mm-hmm. um, which which was awesome and I loved actually, and I and I did really well at that because I was with. I was against all my work colleagues for my company, and so most people weren't fitness people. And I've been doing loads of squats with Phil and stuff like that, so I smashed it. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the cycle with the triathlon, but um, that was you know that was t- it was tough without any training mm. and in one gear. <laughs> definitely in one gear. Although it was cu- it's quite flat, so if it's the yeah, right gear. Yeah, it's an easy one, isn't it? It's great when you get all the way up to Big Ben and you just turn around. And yeah, you go I mean, it's nice to cycle on closed roads as well. Yeah. How much does your new bike weigh? Uh, it's a little bit heavier than my road bike. I think it's about eight kilograms. Oh, wow. But still really light. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's without everything else on. So by the time you've put drinks bottles, yeah. saddlebags, that type of stuff yeah. on it. Don't Obviously go it goes down Mitchell Park riding out there. <laughs> Yeah, the pole, that's the press about people getting. I know, yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, so we chat a bit about park run, but one of the questions on here is, um, how did you get into marathons, running, triathlons? I know you said about COVID, but was that more to just get out of the house? Or did you do it a lot before that? For uh, I did reasons? it a bit before, yeah. Um, I kind of got into cycling when I first moved to London, which was strange because I grew up in the Peak District, mm. which was like amazing place to, to cycle, but I was never really into cycling growing up. It was always about football yeah. and cricket. So it wasn't until I moved to London, I got roped into a triathlon at work back in 2014, I think it was. Okay, and I yeah. just kind of just started as a grad in my, um, <clears throat> in my job. Mm. Uh, I borrowed a colleague's wife's bike, borrowed a wetsuit, um, very much like a DIY race, um, but really enjoyed it. And a few weeks later bought a road bike got really into cycling after that and then um yeah kind of the running came a bit after that and then um started to enter some more triathlons and duathlons i've kind of only really taken it sort of semi-seriously until the last few years just because of playing other sports um but it's yeah the last few years where it's really kind of um begun to take it a bit more seriously because you're because you're fast because you're because you're seeing that you're quite good at it yeah, I think it's so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, and you start to naturally get a bit competitive, and yeah. um, every race you do, you learn more, and then you start to see people 
so the, the last race I did, last kind of uh, duathlon or triathlon I did was in Richmond Park in September. I did the London duathlon ultra distance, which was 20k run, 80k bike, 10k run. Um, and I finished seventh in that. And I came into the first trans, uh, first transition, so after the first 20k run first, and then did the bike, and then struggled with the second 10k run. But my learning from that was I needed to get an aero, I needed to get a TT bike, yeah. I needed to get aero bars because you looked at all the times afterwards, and, that's why. and all the people that finished ahead of me yeah. had, and my bike's pretty aero and expensive, mm -hmm. like good quality, but the having the bars out the front and be able to ride in the aero position makes all the difference. My takeout from that was, if I had that bike, I think yeah. I potentially could have won the whole thing. So that's kind of why I wanted to invest. In, Do you come across you know. the same people at these events? Is it like a little kind of rivalry between? Yeah, you do, yeah, you do come across um, people and then you start to follow people on Strava as well yeah. so you kind of see what they're up to and then you chat to people after the races and hear about other races that they're doing so, and then, um, yeah, there's definitely a, a very active community. Is there anyone on your radar that you're like, you're next, I'm after you? There's a, there's a few, yeah. Mm. Um, it gets quite feisty, isn't it? And especially in triathlons. The, the yeah. Chris said about the swimming can get quite, quite physical, can't it? Yeah, and uh, I've recently joined a local triathlon club, and there's people in that that you kind okay, of, yeah. you know, a similar ability, and you're kind of looking at their Strava, see how fast they are across 5k, 10k, you know, how many how many kilometres they're cycling each week, what their swim times are, all that kind of stuff. So you, yeah, it does naturally Keep you get. Toes, get quite competitive yeah are any yeah. of them going out to portugal is it portugal that you're doing your um, yeah Ironman? um no one at the triathlon club no but i know of other people in south london who, right. who are doing it um is that your next so, event that's the the big a race in october the ironman so that's your in next portugal yeah. A few before or yeah so I've, well, I've got the london marathon next oh, weekend said, yeah. and then i've got yeah. three triathlon races over the summer oh, wow. leading up to that one in june one in july one in august doing so, um, london again doing london again yeah yeah no, you have to join you. yeah you should do you should do that That's leads good, on quite well to our next question about um nutrition and rec recovery especially with mm -hmm. running because that's as you all know it's quite high in the joints and quite yeah. high injury rate um i think less in cycling isn't it yeah and swimming but i think running is quite high injury rate yeah so how, um, how would you say your recovery nutrition uh, recovery is an interesting one because I'm struggling with quite a few niggles at the moment yeah. um, and my plan wasn't to do Barcelona and London but I, I signed up for Barcelona and then I later got a place at London through my triathlon club and couldn't yeah. really turn it down and I probably underestimated how hard it is to do two marathons in the space of five weeks mm. um, and I've got quite a few niggles at the minute so yeah. Knees and ankles or back? Or? Uh, knees and calves at the minute I saw physio earlier this week and I've got my calf taped up at the moment so yeah struggling a little bit with that but it just goes to show how important recovery is and rest and stretching so and you're tapering off your training at the moment towards because marathon will be marathon is in 10 days isn't it yeah. yeah yeah so I've tried to have a steadier week this week and yeah next week will be full taper I'll only do a how couple do you, of how runs. do you feel about the strength training that you've done because how many years have you been training at X it's de definitely a year and yeah, it's about eighteen that? months. And do I you joined. do you feel that the the strength training that you've done here has helped you get faster times in running and triathlon and stuff? Yeah, definitely, definitely has. I mean, strength training is really important. I think when you are 
um, when you're running, but also cycling and swimming as well. Yeah. Um, it's probably no coincidence that I've started to pick up these niggles as I've not been able to come to the gym as much mm, because yeah. I've been um, tapering before the marathon and then we're yeah. covering after the marathon. So I've not been able to come as much in the last yeah. four to six weeks. And I've started to pick up niggles. And I think one of the reasons is because I'm not doing Do those movements. as much of those movements. Yeah. So particularly for my knee that's hurting at the minute, you know, I'm not doing, I haven't been doing as many squats lunges deadlifts etc that i typically would when coming two or three times a week you can't when you're doing so much you can't do everything Mm. yeah it's hard and you've also just got to accept that um i'm not going to want to lift as much as other people in the class are or as much as i know that i'm capable of because i don't need to and it's so it's 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 complimentary but also it can be counterproductive if if i come and Mm. try and you know, and do you, do you, squat a huge amount that could lead to an injury and I'm not able to yeah. run for a few You're days and then it's yeah. rep max you know so do other people do other people in the triathlon or whatever community talk about strength training at all they they do but often it's um quite light stuff it's, it's like resistance it's bands right. muscular yeah. endurance yeah it's reps. kind of like body weight exercises yeah. on the mat a little bit of resistance band stuff um so it's kind of more more the accessory work that mm. we do in a hex strength class rather than the yeah kind of main body of work that you do at the start it's, of the, I suppose the strength training is a little bit more power towards what your 5ks and your, like your more short sprints isn't it i think so yeah yeah I mean, the interesting thing I'm finding with running at the moment is the people I'm competing with yeah. are tiny. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. And I don't think I'm particularly big at all, but mm. when I see photos of the races afterwards and you see the people I've been running with, I, I look massive. I feel like really broad-shouldered yeah. Yeah. Um, and just quite like big and muscular compared to yeah. other people. Um, Especially when you see the marathon, like all record holders from like yeah, they're um, just Ethiopia or something. They're Way absolutely kilograms, yeah. But they, they go fast, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Do you like? Do you, what do you think of high rocks? I'd really like to give it a go. Yeah, I think you'd. I think you'd um, do well. I think the running is the way you lose the wind on it. So if you could be quicker, that which you would be. Yeah. You've got more time for the other stations. Yeah. I, could, I bet you've had your eye on it a little bit. I mean, this is obviously your priority now. Mm. I have. I also. <laughs> I also had a look at the um, average split times for the running. Right. Not, not very fast, is it? No. Is it five fifteen, I think. I think, I, think I saw it was like four thirty. Because they're, they're all muscle there. boys, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some people there that are yeah. really good runners and really yeah. good at doing the um, well, exercises so, so, as well. So just like a triathlon now, a lot of the guys there and the girls there, it's their sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised it was that low. I thought it was five plus because they go slower to get onto the stations if they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I might have. I might have read that wrong, but either way, sort of, yeah. I, it didn't feel. Because the guys who are quite quick, quick and skinny and good at, uh, or lean and good at the running, tend to struggle on the sled pushes and the carries. Yeah. So yeah. They have to be quick. Yeah. They have more time for the. Yeah, but I do. I mean, similar to triathlon, I like the fact that you have to be good at more than yeah. one thing. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's a lot of these runners that I'm competing with at the moment, and I know that they would be not very good at cycling or swimming. Wouldn't be able to do any strength work in the way that we do here. Um, so I like the variety of, yeah. of trying to, yeah, um, yeah, trying to be good at, at multiple different disciplines. It's just hard to do the right stuff to complement all the different things that you're trying to be competitive at. Through through your comps, um, 
a bit more about mindset. Well, like what goes through your mind before the event and during the event? Uh, during the event, it's often why on earth have I decided yeah. to do this? Uh, it's definitely type two fun that you enjoy fine more with, afterwards. Fine with your brain to say because like stop, this is too painful for you to just block it out and just. Uh, yeah, particularly particularly marathons and triathlons that take you know yeah. a few hours to mm. complete. Um, yeah, it's often a battle with your mind that's telling you to stop or, you know, you need to, it's just about setting small goals, I think, with that. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like, oh, I've only got another kilometer until I get my next energy Short gel, or it's yeah. like 20 minutes until there's a food station and yeah. I can take on some fuel. So it's just like setting those small goals throughout. You um, don't have music, do you? I was gonna no, say, you're yeah. not allowed at a lot no. of events. They're starting to put, like at High Rocks, I got told to pull my ears out. Yeah. Um, do you have music when you yeah. train or do you just not? Yeah. You do? Yeah. What's your go-to? Uh, I I listen to quite a lot of podcasts, actually. Podcasts, okay. If I'm doing a, a, a slow, easy one, it'll yeah. be a podcast. Um, if it's something more... 5K sprint, you're going for yeah, drum bass something. something? No, definitely no, no. not, definitely no, not drum and bass. <laughs> more, um, more just kind of like house oh, yeah. indie house. music, oh, yeah, which is about as upbeat it gets for me. Do you get nerves before your races? Um, more adrenaline than nerves, actually. Yeah. Do, do, do you? Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Do, how do you, how do you feel that the long distance um, stuff that you do um, is beneficial to your mental health? Mm. Um, that's a good question. I asked that question because when I was doing um, my training, when I was seriously doing my uh, marathon training, I mean, sometimes it's insane, isn't it? You have to have, we were saying this earlier on, when you get towards towards the marathon, you basically, you have to have days out mm -hmm. where you're training, right? Because you've got to do a 18 um, mile run. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it doesn't take a full day, but it is a day, it's a day out of your life, yeah. isn't it? Um, so I would, and I would obviously set music to listen to and have lots of albums that I love and all that kind of stuff. And, but the, the, the endorphins and all that kind of stuff that would happen are on these really big runs. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'd be there at 18 miles and I would have the biggest rush of euphoria that would last for quite a long time whilst yeah. I was running. And it became so addictive. Um, but it was the, the the feeling for me was in, was incredible, and I'm sure it shifted my headspace. Is that the crowds? Mm -hmm. No, I'm talking about training on. Oh, my training own. on your own. Okay. When yeah. when suddenly after all that, and, mm. and then that happens, and then the race happens, like the London Marathon is just hairs on the neck because yeah. yeah. you've been you've spent all that time training alone, mm. and then suddenly you're with thousands of people, and it's that is. It's, it's emotional, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. You definitely get that endorphin high. Similar to when you finish a, a gym class yeah. here. You kind of, it's hard work when you're doing it, and then when you finish, you kind of get that, that yeah. endorphin kit. You definitely yeah. get a similar thing. But um, yeah, I'd agree with you about what you said about London. I mean, I've never raced London. I'll see what it's like a week on Sunday, but Barcelona was... Mm. Yeah. Even as a spectator, watching yeah. it's electric. Yeah. The, yeah, the adrenaline you get yeah. at the start, yeah. and then the crowds cheering, and yeah. I've, I felt like crying at the, oh, the finish. Oh, amazing! You know they play Chariots of Fire in the tunnel, don't you, on London? Oh, do they? Yeah, Blackfriars Tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> and that is that is awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Well, they did when I did it. Anyway, I've done it twice, and they did it. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So yeah, so, I think the mental health 
benefits are definitely there. Yeah, and, and the rested mind at the end of all that training, you haven't got time to start, you know, worrying about and making up mad scenarios about your life, right? Because yeah. you're too tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a few quick questions. Uh, mm -hmm. Footwear. Um, <laughs> What are you going to wear, you know you wear at the marathon? Oh, I'm going to wear the same trainers as I spent so Asics. much money. I don't even want to think about how much money I've spent on shoes over what, the last six months. How what? often do you, change, do you change a pair of trainers? Um, well, I have a rotation. So I've got yeah. four or five different shoes that I'm wearing at any one time, depending oh. on the type of run that I'm going for. So I've got a kind of daily trainer that would be most of my training and easy runs. But then if I'm doing it, tempo run or an interval run I'd wear something else yeah. and then if I'm racing I've you got some mm. carbon plated shoes that I kind of only keep <laughs> for race day um, and they don't last very long so no. it's like 250 pounds for these night trainers and wow. you basically do two marathons in them and then they lose uh, you know structure what do you yeah. do after it do you frame it <laughs> can do can do um but yeah I've, it's I've got two shoes that I'm still deciding what to wear for London Nike or Asics? One's Nike and one's a brand called Hoka, okay. um, which is pretty big in the triathlon space, okay. but not nowhere near as like, big or as well known as so Nike. When you get them, do you to go Adidas. to a specific running shop or is it online or do you go to like a um, test your feet? I have done a gait analysis mm. before, you can do that. Um, but yeah, I tend, to, I tend to buy online. Quite a few brands do kind of like a 30 day trial. So if you. Okay wear them and you don't like them you can send them back even like post marathon yeah half missing yeah it's blood in there yeah yeah um so you said you your watch is a garmin garmin yeah yeah is that the best one for you find for triathletes and running and yeah so you can track running cycling and swimming on this um okay i mean i track everything i track my gym classes now and um yeah have it all upload to strava nice have you tried the there's those um, like is it earbuds that you swim with and listen to music. I always kind of want to try them. Yeah, there's there's some you can get that sit kind of below your ear yeah. as well. Um, so you, it's still kind of safe because you can hear what's going on around you, but you can still listen to the music. And then you said you just bought a new bike, didn't you? Yeah, it's quite an expensive hobby there. It is an expensive <laughs> hobby. I think it naturally attracts older people because it's unless you're an elite. Yeah athlete that's getting paid to do it I think it's really difficult to do when you're younger because of the amount of money it, it takes so to if you're going to Ironman it's probably quite expensive to enter and you have to ship your bike and stuff over to Ironman it's just to get sponsorships it's, or is it? it's yeah I mean as good as Ironman seems to be it does also seem to be a bit of a money making exercise it's yeah. like 700 euros to enter yeah, um, and then they sell all these add-ons so they book out a hotel nearby so if you want to stay at that hotel mm. You have to pay their prices their yeah. prices because they book out the hotel uh, and they, they do have good added extras like a like early breakfast on race day and bike mechanics and everything but um yeah you kind of pay for the event and then they just sell all these add-ons on top and then you've obviously got to get your bike out there and mm. then you've got the cost of accommodation the cost of flights etc so um yeah, yeah. Do you know what I, I, fancy, I fancy the um is it escape from alcatraz oh is that the way in uh, where you jump off the yeah. boat and then swim to yeah, yeah that one. It's actually cool. in Alcatraz in yeah. San Francisco, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that water is quite choppy, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That does look cool. Um, and then the only Ironman in this country is Bolton. Is it? Yeah, yeah there's Bolton. Bolton. Why is it in Bolton? There's one in, uh, there's one in Wales. Oh, as well. is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, 
But it's, Bolton, it's Bolton's not on the coast, is it? It must be around a reservoir, a lake or something. It's a lake swim. Yeah. Is it? It's a, the swim's quite nice because it's, um, it's, it's a lake swim, but halfway through, you basically get out, stand on this platform, and then you swim back the other oh, way. Yeah, so yeah. you get a nice break right. in between. Mm. But the bike course is really hilly. Right. Yeah, really right. hilly. Um, so that's the question. So what's next, obviously, aside from your, your events? You mentioned earlier to us that you wanted to, you're looking to be maybe a running coach? Yeah, so I'm thinking of potentially going into the coaching yeah. space with, with running and, and maybe triathlon as well. Um, so I just need to look at how I go about yeah. doing the qualifications and then finding opportunities to, to coach post-qualification. I think there might be some opportunities at mm. my um, triathlon club, um, but I think there's definitely a captive audience of runners. It's like grassroots, especially don't know what you just told us, like all that stuff is quite yeah. interesting. And yeah, yeah. I mean, when, once you get into it, you learn so much about everything from nutrition, footwear, yeah. what tech stuff you need to be getting, what types of runs you should be doing, mm -hmm. all this stuff. And yeah, there's definitely knowledge that I feel I've built up that I'd like mm -hmm. to share with other people yeah. that mm -hmm. are maybe approaching their first, uh, first race. And also the gra grassroots, especially swimming in the running, you don't need really to start any equipment so it can be you start from yeah yeah from anywhere in the world can't you? yeah yeah no budget yeah definitely um and then you mentioned we are thinking about doing a running club here at hex and you're interested in maybe running for us yeah yeah um well, i know there's quite a lot of people do high rocks and yeah. there's obviously running associated with that um which is like the high rocks is a classic interval session mm. it's just eight times one one yeah, kilometer yeah. so um yeah, if anyone's training for that or other events or just generally wants to do running, then yeah, um, yeah I'd be happy to pass on any wisdom and uh, run any sessions if people wanted to. Awesome, so um, stay tuned for, yeah, for that. Anything else, Chris? No, that was great. Thank you very Thank much you. for coming to talk awesome. to us. Thanks for having me. Well done with all your achievements. Yeah. May that continue. Good luck for London. Yeah, thanks. Well done. Cheers, guys. There you go. Bye. Four. <laughs> We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you like the Hex podcast, there are two things we would really like you to do for us. Firstly, subscribe to the show by hitting the follow button. We want the Hex community to stay connected and be part of the conversation here at 371 Clapham Road. And listening to the show will help so much in ensuring you're all up to date with news, events and stuff happening. Secondly, please share it on Instagram, whatsapp linkedin wherever so that friends of hex can also get to be a small part of our awesome community thanks so much everyone for your ongoing support